Welcome guys, to another Coffee and Friends podcast, and today I am with a, a good friend of mine from Minotti's. I met her originally at Minotti's. Her name is Jackie, and she's no longer at Minotti's, but at, we are currently at her new workplace, which is called Santa Monica, on 3rd Street Promenade and Broadway, right in that corner. Yep, right across the Nike. Yeah, I mean, for all those that know Santa Monica and 3rd Street Promenade, you guys know that Nike's there. And then there's Lululemon across also. Yep. And then just the whole street, right? Promenade. A bunch of different stuff. Some yeah. clothing stores. It's changing know. a lot. It's changing a lot. Because uh, this current place and this current table, I've actually <laughs> had breakfast and dinner at where we're sitting. Oh, really? Yeah, with the crepes was, and with stuff? With the crepes place, yes. <laughs> this... You don't know how many people come in and they're like, do you not have crepes? And I'm like, no, that's been like gone for two years. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's been it's been forever, yeah. Believe it or not, when I first started dating my wife, this is where we would come and have breakfast. Oh, that's yeah. So nice. I remember getting my steak and everything, my coffee, and we would finish breakfast, go home, and then go about our day. But yeah, this place has some sentimental value, some nostalgia for me. Nice. You know, so how how did you end up over here? So I know Lena, who is the coffee director here. Lena also worked at Minotti's. Um she had the great opportunity here of being the coffee director, and it was kind of funny because um, I was riding my bike. I came to congratulate her. I came to visit her, and I was like, hey, are you hiring? And then she's like, yeah. You need a job? And I was like, yeah, I do. <laughs> That's kind of how like the conversation went down, and then uh, like a week later, I was here. Yeah, but you had originally left Minotti's to pursue other things, right? Because... During the time in coffee, you became a Q grader, mm-hmm. right? Also, during the time when you left, I had just met you and probably worked two shifts with you. So I never really connected or we never really worked a full shift where we're like, hey, Jackie, like, how can we vibe together? I know. But, but you know, you are a jack of all trades, you say, right? <laughs> so for those that follow Jackie on Instagram or... um, So... Bittersweet Embroidery is my uh, art Instagram, and it's also my small business project. Um, I do embroidery wall decor, and I also am starting to do embroidery on clothing items. Um, Hats and bucket hats have been the thing. Hopefully, eventually, find some upcycled clothing and start doing embroidery on either T-shirts or maybe some pants. I don't know. The, the, The options are endless. There are. I mean, and, and the pieces of art that you produce are amazing. But even before getting to uh, bittersweet embroidery, this all started during that pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. Like 2020. Mm-hmm. And so, I think your very first embroidery or the hoops you started doing were back in October. Mm-hmm. So this is very recent and new for you. Yes. Um, I wouldn't say art in general is pretty recent. I in high school was really into painting and drawing and sketching. I think the lack of support in trying to pursue something uh, in that field wasn't there. I also think that we live in a type of society that if you have an art degree, it's not really like quote unquote a degree, which is really sad. Um, And 
I used to paint. I used to sketch. I thought I was going to go to San Francisco art school, and I didn't. I pursued other things. Um, I kind of left that behind because, you know, life happens. Started college, started working. Had a lot of working. <laughs> and they didn't have the time or put the time into painting again. And I also didn't have the space. Um, I didn't have a desk. I didn't have all the things you can do to paint comfortably. And yeah. Wait, so going to middle school, high school, and then college, where, what was the ultimate goal going to college? Or the career path you were trying to take? I think there's a lot of bumps in that road that made me change my options a lot of the times. Um, there, you know, just life happens. Uh, I, if I could have had a perfect world, I would have played field hockey. And I would have gone to Berkeley and played field hockey. Because I was going to mention that. I was like, man, other than that, you are very talented. Because I think you were very passionate about field hockey at one point. Yeah, field right. hockey, I think, in a lot of ways, molded me to be a great person. Um, I think it was something that came into my life at the right time, um, physically, mentally, and I did that for two years in high school. Um, I ended up graduating from Marina High, which is in Huntington Beach. Um, and yeah, I played, try to go pro or try to even make it to like a club team, but all that costs money. <laughs> yes, it does. But so did you play field hockey in college too or no? No, I didn't get the opportunity to because yeah. I just, it just wasn't explain to me what field hockey really is though, because I, you know, I know what hockey is, yeah. which is the only thing that comes into mind is ice ring, ice ring, right? Rink or rink? rink yeah. Rink, yeah. <laughs> And like ice, ice ring, skating so and stuff. <laughs> so that's the first thing that comes into mind when I hear hockey. Yeah. But field hockey means there's no ice. Yeah. So it's a it's a funny combination of like soccer and hockey, because you have grass. It can be on turf. You have cleats, and it's pretty much the same sport as soccer, but you have a smaller ball and you have a stick. Yeah. So that's where the hockey part comes, where you have like the hockey stick nice. and you wear like a face guard so you don't get a stick to the face, I guess. <laughs> so almost like a lot of sports combined there, right? Obviously hockey, soccer, you said, and then even I feel like lacrosse would be one of them. Kind maybe. of. Um, I mean, I think lacrosse is more contact because you have the lacrosse stick and you're able to smack your yeah. opponent with. We can't do that in field hockey. If we Dang. do that in field hockey, you're <laughs> going to be sitting down for the rest of the game. I see. But you are very active, you know, because, I mean, playing field hockey, you're a team player. You're always moving and stuff. And when I originally met you the first time, the one thing I would see you on is, or saw you on was your bike. Yes. So you were always on that bicycle. And I was, and I, is it your form of transportation? It is my form of transportation. I've been really lucky to have multiple bikes. So I have a couple of them. One is my commuter bike. One is my racing bike. I have a mountain bike. Yeah. Finally got a roadie, which is like nice. gears and stuff to do some mountain climbing. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've seen a couple of videos where, that you posted on your social media where you're climbing with the fixed gear. I was like, damn, this girl is crazy. <laughs> hey, because I know how tough it is. I used to ride myself and I know how tough it is to climb. And I used to have gear. So I just can't imagine how you were going up those hills with only one gear, you know? Yeah, I, I think it's funny because the, the irony in that is that I think it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> it, that's my high. I don't know. It's painful. Uh, 
I think it's more <laughs> of a mental game. Yeah. Um, I think I have a strong quality in that where I like the challenge. Yeah. You're, are you very competitive? Is that what you're trying to say also? I don't know if I'm competitive, competitive. I just I just enjoy the challenge. I like yeah. being involved. Um, I've never strived to be like the best athlete. I've never strived to be number one. I've always liked to be the one that you want to call to train with. Nice. You want to call to like go do rides or like, I don't know. I'm not a big runner, but I'm down to run <laughs> if you want to invite me. I love that about you. I love that. <laughs> but how about before high school or before playing any type of sports? What were you doing before that? Like as a young kid growing up, middle school, I mean, was, was there anything special you spent your time doing? Uh, skateboarding. I thought I was, uh, I thought I was pretty cool being skater chick <laughs> nice there was something about that you know seeing a girl on the skateboard and even doing tricks and stuff yeah i wasn't that talented to do tricks i mean maybe an ollie but the kick flip never came in yeah <laughs> i can flip but i don't know too much about kicking um yeah. but yeah i use the uh, before bikes my transportation was also skateboarding uh i have a couple of skateboards i had a couple of skateboards growing up i was lucky again to know the right people, have some cool friends that hand down their skateboards and or gave me some wheels. Yeah. And that was always a way to get around. That's awesome. And in a couple of conversations I did have with you, I know your name and also your last name. And it just sounds like you're from Latin descent, right? You're Hispanic? Yes. So um, I guess socially people know me as Chab, which is C-H-A-B. And that is actually my mom's last name. Uh, Reese or Ruiz is uh, my biological father's last name, who is Latino. And um, sometimes I, I feel like that's more of a legal way. Got so it. if yeah. you know me legally, you're going to know that last name. If you know me socially, yeah. you know how much I love my mom, and I'd rather rock her last name. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, because in the Latino way, it's like a, we always share both of our parents' last name. Mm -hmm. And so it's always the father's name for, last name first and then the mother's last name. Mm -hmm. And I say that because I also, my last name is also Ruiz. Oh, you know? yeah, so I remember. I'm Juan Gutierrez Ruiz. And, and I feel like that's how our conversation started. Because yeah. it's like I'm also a Ruiz. Yeah. You know, but then you understand Spanish, right? Yes. I grew up, English was my first language, but definitely Spanish was... I don't remember learning it. I yeah. just remember knowing it. <laughs> um, my grandma was the type of grandma that was like, you know what? You got to know this language. Yeah. So where were you born then? I was born in Kaiser Permanente, uh, Venice Boulevard and Cadillac. And the reason I'm saying yeah. it like that, because I'm a full-blown like L.A. girl. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's awesome. But family, you said biological parents or father came from... They came from Mexico. Um, I don't know too much about that branch. Yeah. Uh, that's all I know about that. Uh, my mom, too. My mom is, she was born in Cancun, and my grandma was born in Veracruz. Nice. So I have that kind of, I've been there. I haven't been to Veracruz. I've been to Cancun, like Merida. Um, so that's where that family originates from. Yeah. Uh, or that side of my family. And, yeah, I mean, they taught me how to speak Spanish. Amazing. And, and the, the reason I say that is because, like, how did you pick up that specifically? Because when I hear the name or I keep saying it in my head or every time I see it, like, the word bittersweet for me is sort of like, is it from grandma or is it from family that someone taught you? And so it's like bittersweet. And now you're, like, creating this products again. 
think it's just a, a bundle of life because, you know, life can be bitter and life can be sweet. And I think it's still beautiful no matter what you do with that. Um, the name kind of came from, I guess, my art style uh, and maybe just my personality. But um, you're saying your art style because if people really know you, you're also like a very like heavy metal person, aren't yeah. you? So it's like, to be honest with you, the first time I saw that, I was just like, wait, like you're comparing two different aspects of the spectrum, you know, where it's like you're you really like this loud, heavy metal music. And now you're doing this cool, beautiful flowers. You know, it's like, how does that mix? Yeah. And I think that's what I meant of like, that's my personality. I think yeah. people exterior wise see me as the metalhead, always wearing black, even though ironically today I'm wearing white. <laughs> it's the only white t-shirt I own. Um, but they see like, you know, the heavy metal jacks and, but anyone that knows me or is close to my circle knows my favorite color is pink. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I love sparkles. I nice. love glitter. Um, I love anything kawaii. <laughs> wow. That explains a lot, you know, because, yeah, I mean, the whole name and everything, I can see that, you know, that merging happening. And yeah. that's really dope, dude. Yeah. That's really dope. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, that. Like, even your stickers that you provide, like that shiny, like, glare that they provide is just amazing. You know, just how did you go about picking those colors or... Um, I think periwinkle is so black and periwinkle are pretty much the colors of the company or at least of the website. And those are also my favorite. Like, I really like those. I guess black is a shade of color. We're going the artistic way. But periwinkle also matches really well with like the pink shades that I like. And I think that just um, goes well with the art form where it's like it's still pretty light, but it's still kind of dark. Yeah. A lot of my artwork, depending, I guess, in my mood or my inspiration, is always going to be a mixture of both. It might be, like, super bright and super happy, and sometimes it might be dark. I think my purpose of artwork is to find the beauty in darkness. So that's yeah. why there's a lot of background of, like, black fabric or just darker background with something that's going to pop. Yeah. And I love flowers, so that's always been a, a thing. Um, my grandma loved flowers and had... A beautiful garden of roses and that's kind of where a lot of the roses and flowers come from is yeah. like my mom and my grandma amazing but so last year you started creating the first hoops right that were going to go on sale but prior to that when was the first time you ever knit something or use a needle to create this stuff so um i didn't grow up with a lot of money and i think a lot of the Again, kind of like school, people care about what you wear. People care about what you have, like how much clothes you have. And my mom and I always used to go thrift shopping. I was always a big thrift shopper. And so was my grandma. Like she would do some of the yard sales that if you're from L.A. and you would drive down Venice Boulevard and you see people like set up on Saturday morning, Sunday morning, you might have met my grandma at one point because she always had clothes like that. Um, she worked at... Uh, this woman's house as a cleaning lady and that lady would give her clothes. So sometimes we would sell that clothes and make money off that. And sometimes there'd be stuff that I loved that just did not fit me. <laughs> so by hand, I would stitch everything to fit me. And I'm a pretty petite gal, so it would have to be a lot of cutting. That's a great background of like how you start creating the stuff, you know? <laughs> and then the, what happened that you decided to okay, let's make this a business or let's sell some of my art or let's distribute some of my art. 
How did that spark happen? Um, I think a lot of downtime uh, during the pandemic. For the first time in a very long time, I had keyword key time <laughs> to um, create things. And I didn't necessarily want to paint because maybe I'm just particular of how I would want to paint. I didn't have the space. I didn't want to stain things, whatever. So I was like, what's the next best thing that I can do that is creative and technical in some ways that doesn't create a mess? And for me, it was thread. So I was like, okay, let's let's figure out how to do this. YouTube videos, let's do some, like, just start practicing and start getting some stuff going on. And then it became, I like it. And yeah. I liked how it looked, and it looked nice. And so. it's perfect you said that it was time that, that happened, right? Because, yeah, a lot of people, I feel like last year, 2020, wasn't necessarily a negative thing that happened. Mm -hmm. But it just sort of allowed people with time and discovering what they're really passionate about or, or the next thing they wanted to create or continue doing, you know? Yeah. I, I've always been a person that if I have free time or I have a time slot, I'm most likely doing something. If I'm not at work, I'm on a bike. If I'm not on, not on a bike, I'm at school or I was in school. And sometimes I had to work two jobs. At one point I worked three jobs. Wow. <laughs> So I always was busy and I was mainly living on my own. So I had to make money yeah. to just survive. You always keep busy and stuff with work and even having three jobs. I mean, was there any time for anyone special in life? Romantically? Yes. Uh, not worth the time. <laughs> <laughs> what about recently or what about now in this present? I mean, oh, there... yes. The love of my life. Hi, nice. Lee. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to use names, so I don't know if we were allowed to. Oh, you know, okay. No, I appreciate that. No, I mean, yeah. Um, now, I think him and I, we met like four years ago uh, with a mutual friend. And he actually worked at the Oakley on the promenade. Nice. And I was working on the boardwalk on, in Venice. And we had a mutual friend that worked with both of us. Nice. And my friend um, would always be like, you got to meet Lee. Like, you just got to meet Lee. Like, <laughs> Lee, is, like, he'll get you. You have the same personality. You like the same type of music. And I'm like, who is this Lee guy? Like, yeah. who is Lee? <laughs> and I remember I walked in and she was like, that's Lee. And I like chit-chatted with him. I think I was wearing a Lamb of God t-shirt, which is a metal band. <laughs> and he like complimented it. And I was like, cool. And then... That was it. I didn't see him or talk to him for maybe three, four years. And out of nowhere, he like... Wait, so you guys first met four years ago. Yeah. Didn't talk for like two, three years. Yeah. And so you guys are not recently a thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, our relationship now is two and a half years strong. And I guess we became a thing, what, let me use math, 2019, early 2019. Amazing. And we just kind of reconnected again. And it was funny because it's like, oh, yeah, you're that Lee guy. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> funny. That is amazing. That's quite a love story, to be honest. Yeah. You know, that's really cool. And and so how, do, how does this uh, experience has helped you with being with sharing like time and moments with the significant other? It's been great. I think that someone needs to pinch me because it's a fairy tale. <laughs> yeah, you know, when, when things are good and things are great, it's it's hard to believe that it's working, you know, especially... Like you say, you used to spend a lot of your time working, so there was really no time for all this. So learning all this, new feelings probably. Yeah. Again, it was also nice because we now, weirdly enough, we spent our relationship, like a big portion of our relationship in quarantine. 
And I think that quarantine either made it or break it for a lot of relationships. Definitely. From my opinion. Um, and I think, I mean, I know we did great. It was lovely. It was lovely to have someone that is beautiful in yeah. every way possible. And I was lucky enough to spend every day with him. And, and like, I know who Lee is. <laughs> but I've never really spent that time with him. Yeah. Right. So like I don't I wouldn't say like we're really friends. Yeah. But I just know who he is. Yeah. Right. Because he's your partner. Uh, but like you said, you know, you you also got to know him during this pandemic because it, I've been with my wife for a long time. But even the pandemic also taught us how to really be together because I used to spend my time a lot working and stuff, come home and sleep, and that was it. Right. And and then every now and then enjoy a day off together. But the pandemic really, like you said, you know, either breaks you or makes you. or makes you, yeah. And and I think it really made my relationship too. So it's amazing. And then as far as like purchasing your items that you're producing, how do we get access to all that stuff? Um, I have a website. I have Instagram. The Instagram handle is Bittersweet Embroidery um, or Bittersweet underscore Embroidery. And then the website is just www www.bittersweetandbirdie.com um, or you can just hit me up email me I don't know shoot me a DM we can chat about what you want to do if I can do it I'm happy to do it one thing about getting in touch with you and talking to you about what people want right so one of the, the biggest values you have or you provide is that every piece that you, every piece that you create is very unique right mm -hmm. there's like no other piece like that out there mm -hmm. So like if someone says, I want a, I want a mug and a rose, you're going to create that design for this customer and that design is never going to be able to be replicated, right? True. Um, I mean, to the point, I have like my hats, that, they're five panel hats that I have coffee mugs and roses on them and they can be replicated to an extent. Everything is by hand, so it might be slightly off. If yeah. it is like a custom piece, I usually don't replicate it because it's like that customer paid that extra cash for something unique to them. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it, it, again, it just kind of depends on what the vision is. There's some I've had some people come to me and be like, hey, can you do this? And I'm going to be honest. I'm like, you know what? I've never done it. So we can either yeah. see what happens <laughs> or I'm going to tell you like, no, I can't. But dude, like the stuff that you posted, like you have even things that you recreate, like a, a picture of something like even the Mandalorian stuff. Man, you, I was shocked by how good that stuff came out, you know, the way you created that stuff. And then as far as like your vision for your company, what do you look forward to? I, I mean, I guess what I said before, like finding the beauty in darkness. Um, I'm always going to try to create something that has a balance of both. I might make something a little bit more on the darker side, like, and by darker side, I mean like, Fabrics that are dark and something that's going to pop and be pretty. I've been really into floral stuff. So that's going to be my main goal is to just find something beautiful that represents a lot of things that make me happy. Yeah. And even if it is kind of dark or it look, may look kind of gloomy or whatever, I wanted to pop because not to be philosophical or like, you know, <laughs> have some philosophy here. But in the midst of darkness, it's always going to be light. Yes. And, I mean, yeah, that's my that's my yeah. Idea. <laughs> yeah, and I think one of the things that attracted me the most to the stuff you're creating it was the the five panel hats, right? Cuz I'm yeah. a big fan of the five panel <laughs> hats. 
Because originally when I saw your art, I was like, I want to support, but I just wouldn't know what I want to do with the hoops. Yeah. Because I just like, I don't, I don't, I personally don't like stuff on my walls. Yeah. Which my wife hates. But it's just like, <laughs> what am I going to do with the hoop? Like, I really want to buy one to support, but I don't know what I'm going to do with the hoop. Yeah. But then when you came out with the hats, I was like, I want that. Like, it was a must. Yeah. You know, so kudos to you for creating that. Nice. And yeah, I mean... You, I bought two, which one of them has the mug, the coffee mug and the roses, which I love. But the other one has specific words, which, you know. Are <laughs> in cursive to in make cursive. it less. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like less offensive, yeah, maybe. Less I don't direct. know, but it, I know when I read it and I saw it, I was just like, I really want to rock this hat, you know. <laughs> and, and the actual word is fuck off, yeah. right? Like, I don't know, just during this time where people not wearing their mask or like trying to tell you how to live your life i just thought of like wearing that hat and just like turning around and just letting people read it you know so i think it's funny too because a lot of my like whatever artwork i create that has i guess bad words in it usually fuck because yeah. i think that <laughs> word is amazing you can put it at anything and it can mean anything exactly. but i have one that says like fuck off fuck it or like kindly fuck off and it's like <laughs> you know it <laughs> strong words with a lot of pretty flowers around it yeah. eventually it just makes you smile <laughs> true well since you're jackie of all trades mm -hmm. and you're currently for bittersweet embroideries you're currently doing everything right you're buying like say the hats the hoops the thread everything you're doing yourself so how do you see yourself in the future say now you have a big clientele like how does that happen well, small business has been a learning process for me. I think um, a lot of the items does come, from, I mean, everything I do is handmade. So, and I try to accommodate the fact that I understand people sometimes don't have or don't want or just can't pay a certain price. Because realistically, if I wanted to make the amount of money like put the value of my time in my product and then charge as much of like what I consider my time, it'd be a little too expensive and kind of ridiculous. <laughs> no, and, and to my next question is like, how do you, as a producer of this product, how do you educate your consumers also, right? Because I personally understand like the amount of work that goes into doing that because at one point in Mexico, I also did that for napkins you yeah. know that my grandma used to use oh yeah you told me that story so, <laughs> so it's like i understand how much work that takes and also like you could even poke your finger with needle and stuff you know all that stuff happens so how did you how do you educate or how do you go about teaching people like the value of this product i think posting videos i try to i've not always the best person to advertise my artwork or do film credit of like this is how I do it this is how long it takes because sometimes Instagram would just speed it up so you can see the finished product um I think people are going to see and I try to post of how long it actually takes to make everything and there's going to be those people that are not going to want to pay the price that I put and that's okay you know I try not to take it offensively I try not to take it like oh how dare you not pay for this I'm just like all right that's no, cool. Yeah, some people need to understand there's quality, you know, over quantity, right? Yeah. So, and, and the stuff that you create is definitely, like, time-consuming, you know, and not just, like, like doing the threading, but, like, coming up with a design or just a simple conversation of, like, how are we going to create this for you 
as a consumer, you know. So I, I completely understand that. But, you know, TikTok is really big right now, and a lot of people <laughs> are using TikTok. So I know social media nowadays is, like, very big. So Yeah, my, my lovely boss, who's a baby influencer, Lena, she's a... Uh, She's always like, you got to get on TikTok. You got to get on TikTok. And I'm just like, no. It just, I, I've never been the person to fully want it. It takes time. And that's yeah. another thing that people it need really to understand does, with dude. a small business. It's like not only like designing, creating, and producing a product, but it also advertisement. I mean, I'm right. like a one-woman show here. I'm exactly. trying to do marketing, website. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and like you said, people don't understand, right? Because I remember at the beginning of the pandemic when I was like, when you said we had time, like I was thinking to myself, well, what the, what's the next thing I, I need to do if it's not hospitality work? And so the first thing that came into mind was school. But then I was like, I don't know, it's expensive. I don't have that much money. And then the next thing came that came up was like YouTube, right? Because a lot of people are making money off of YouTube and you're like, oh, cool, let's create videos and let's do this, let's do that and, and make money off of this. Yeah. And then I was like, well, I don't have a camera, so I'm not going to do that. And then podcasting came into mind because there's a lot of podcasters who are making money too, right? And, and so at, at the beginning, the first thing that was in my mind was like, make money, make money, make money, right? But you don't realize how much work it takes for you to get to that point where you're going to start creating and making money. Yep. And the hardest thing is to start creating, you know, because there's a lot of like uh, times where I don't feel motivated. There's a lot of times where I don't, feel like creating anything or even having a conversation with someone so it's really difficult and like you said keeping up with like you know social media promoting your stuff out there it's really really hard yeah so what about for you like I know this is becoming a business now but how do you stay motivated I think that that bug is always really there you know even when you think you're not motivated even when you think you're not creating you are you think you're you're resting. That's part of the the creation recipe um, is that you have to take time off to put all the time you have left into something beautiful and something that you care about. And so I don't really say that. I'm trying to think. Um, but what would you say to someone who also knows how to say do embroidery or knows how to knit or create a sweater and stuff or has a some type of talent? What can you share or tell these people so that they can take that take that next step and to start creating? I think that to realize how much you enjoy the process. Because if you keep thinking about the end goal, if you keep thinking about the finished product, you're not going to enjoy that whole process it takes to make that happen. And sometimes it already happened and you don't even notice because it's like it took that long. But once you realize that that product is done and you see what you've created, it'll make it so much worth it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think something that I tell myself all the time is that I have to be patient with myself and I have to be kind to myself. Because, yeah, I can, I can produce 50 hats if I had a machine to do it for me and I do supply and demand. But I don't want that. I want to put in my time, my energy, use my hands, which is a big thing for me is using my hands in my artwork and eventually create this thing that is going to be to my satisfaction. Um, creativity, I think, comes in different ways. Sometimes creativity is when you're having a really bad time and sometimes when you're having a great time and you're always going to put that energy into your artwork. Um, but yeah, I think just being patient with yourself, which is something I'm learning. It's easier said than Patience done. Patience <laughs> is really hard. Yes. 
Yeah. But, you know, there's moments where people feel like, you know, when you started creating or, or when you made your first hoops, right? Mm -hmm. And say you made 10, per se, mm -hmm. and then nobody was buying them. Like, how did you deal with that? Like, how did you feel, first of all? Um, I mean, there is a sense of, like, discouragement of, like, oh, man, am I really making something that people want to buy? Like, and, again, it's kind of that moment of, You, you can create things for people to buy if that's your goal. You, you'll find a way, like, especially if you're starting a business. But then you have to step back and be like, well, what's my goal? Yeah. My goal to create something that people are going to enjoy or my goal is to, like, be a millionaire off of this. Right. <laughs> and yeah. if I want to be a millionaire off of this, then Very, it's going to be... Two different perspectives. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you ultimately make money off of it, great, right? But also, like, in your case, the fact that you're using your hands and physically creating this product like when you see it out there or someone supporting your stuff like you're like i did that right and like you in your brain or your mind you know exactly everything you went through to, to create that right yeah so. it's it's honestly been a huge like i don't know the words like maybe a pleasure or like a an honor to have like peers and people i've had people that i've never met just like through social media saw my stuff and was like hey I don't see this on your website. Can I buy it? And I was like, yes, I was about to put it on the website, but I'm happy to go through PayPal. <laughs> and like it was sent off to its new home. And it is flattering. Um, I think anytime you see someone actually care, like, and want your stuff is always just like a flattering feeling of like, cool, I'm not just making this story in my head that this is great. Someone else actually likes it. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. But I feel like a lot of times people that start creating things, um, Like myself, including when I first started, I was just always watching videos. Like you say, you're watching YouTube videos, right? Which is a great thing that we have right now on YouTube because you can easily go in there and research something and you'll learn it. Which, I mean, a couple of years back, we didn't have that, right? So but where I'm going with this is like a lot of people watch a lot of these videos because they feel like, oh, I'm going to create this. I'm going to do this and I can't wait till I start. But they never really start. So how? what would you say to those that need to take that first step or or continue watching videos and never really create yeah um i mean again things are easier said than done i would say just take the leap you know i, I think just put in the time and process people are going to see it people are going to see how much time you put into things how much love you put into things and if they don't see it then maybe not they're not worthy of your artwork and that's okay too um you can't please everyone but i think it's just more of that moment of Trust yourself, trust the process, take the leap, try it. You know, worst thing can happen is that you don't like it. And worst thing that can happen is no one buys it. And it will feel pretty bad, but, you know, at least you did it. And at least you gave that opportunity because then you have that moment of, like, you're not thinking of, well, what if I did do this? Well, what if I did actually take the leap? Now you're thinking, like, okay, I did it. I'm not feeling it. That's what's, what's the next good thing or what's the next thing I want to do? I feel do? like a lot of people regret You know, or like, or see others creating. Like in your case, you're already making some sales. You continue creating and innovating, and then there's other people who are probably watching on the side, and they're like, "Oh well, I wanted to do that, but they never really did." And then they see you, and then they're like, "I, I don't know if they they will see you as a competition or as a threat, but it's like, why aren't they doing that, right?" Yeah. And, and like you said, it's just they need to push, you know, past those uh, 
mental blocks are. Yeah, I guess like the comfort barriers. Because that, that was a big thing for me too. I mean, I think it's human nature to compare ourselves to other people and be like, well, what more can I do? Or how can I be better? Or how can I be like them? And it's just, it, unfortunately, that's sometimes the mentality people have. I have that plenty of times. I compared myself to so many people I saw on Instagram that are doing like real life looking embroidery stuff. And I see them have like 11 point K followers and have, you know, a successful uh, website or like selling products for $500. Like that's ridiculous to me. I, I, I'm looking forward to the day that I create something that sells for $500. Yeah, you'll get there, right? But, but again. But you're being patient. Yeah, right? I have to be patient. I know it takes time. And now that the, you know, pandemic, not necessarily the pandemic is over, sorry, that the quarantine is over at least for us we're not like it's not mandatory for us to stay home everyone's kind of taking the leap of going quote-unquote back into like normal life you know everyone's working they're going out people are getting vaccinated the time is growing small (laughs) and personally me trying to fit stitching has been a challenge because I'm back on the bike I'm back at work I'm back and trying to be social again Maybe you can be a jack of all trades then, huh? Yeah. I mean, I guess that is being a jack of all trades because I'm like... <laughs> well, you are being a jack of all trades, but meaning that the time is not the same. So maybe not be the jack of all trades and focus on, on one thing, right? Yeah. I think... You can't, yeah. win, you can't win them all, Jackie. <laughs> I know. Speaking of winning, I mean, recently you won a race, <laughs> right? Yes. So you, you competed on what? What is this called? The mixed race? Um. So... I am a part of Mixed Race, which is um, WTFNB, which is Women's Trans Femme Non-Binary Ride. It doesn't mean that if you don't identify as a man or male, uh, you're not able to be there. It just means that you're not able to lead. So we try to create a space for uh, non-males or that you don't identify as a man to lead. Um, Specifically, I mean... I can identify as a woman, so it's a space for us to be heard. And cycling, or most sports, at least to my knowledge, are very male-dominated. Dominated, yes. And, you know, seeing it in the TV, advertising, everything, you just see a lot of men. And so what we try to do is create that space where you can be a leader. And you're going to have a huge pack of, like, riders follow you and you create the route and you get to ride it and we just want to put that power out of like you can be a strong rider no matter what and so we do that every thursday night um we ride bikes and stuff but the race was actually trash panda cycling which is another group of riders there's a lot of like groups of riders in la that do their own type of ride have their own kind of scene their vibe and Trash Panda was one that hosted this um, race. And it was actually a, a climbing race. Um, there was a roadie category, like gears. And there was fixed. Um, and it was in Montecitos, I believe. Um, it was just a climb. I want to say like a mile climb. <laughs> just a climb, she just says. A, climb. a girl who has no gears on her bike and is pushing super hard to go up this hill. Man. It was a close call, I got to say. Um it was a. Uh, it was definitely my first win, and it was the first time I've received a medal for first place. Because again, I've never strived to be that person, 
And um, it was nice because I it was with someone that I've been riding with and I had someone that I've ridden, climbed, fixed gear. And I think it's funny because I'm always like, your goals, your goals, Jane, your goals. It's always what I'm yelling at her. And it was it was a nice moment. I mean, not to sound cocky or anything, but it was it felt like the perfect race for me because it was fixed gear and it was climbing. <laughs> And it was fun. I mean, it was amazing to just be able to be back into that scene and see that all those people that are like cheering you on and heckling and just being like there for you. And it's it's a, it's a lovely community. So you say like, were, were were you really trying to win though, or like were you really going one hundred and ten percent? I mean, yeah. At the end of the day, when I saw the finish line, I'm like, all right, this is this is the moment, you know. Um, I did. I think thirty miles earlier that day too Dang. and i just remember like seeing the finish line and i'm like it's okay like i don't have to win it's cool and then like maybe <laughs> that little bug in me is like you're this close just do it <laughs> that's amazing dude yeah how did you celebrate after getting that medal <laughs> i got a burger <laughs> burger from where a burger from in and out i got some nice. fries i got a dr pepper and then um my other friend, uh, Rachel, uh, she won the geared category. So it was nice because her and I carpooled there. Nice. So we had that moment, that championship meal together. Amazing. <laughs> Wearing our medals and everything. Nice. So dope. Well, Jackie, thank you very much for the time you took today to talk to me about your business and life and everything you've been through. Yeah. And how you mo keep yourself motivated and how you help others stay motivated. I appreciate your I really your appreciate time. that. Yeah. <laughs> thank you very much. And also, thank you for the hospitality at this lovely place in Santa Monica. Yeah. Cult Santa Monica, right? Cult Santa Monica. Um, we're pretty amazing, if I don't say so myself. Come check it out. We got yeah. cocktails. We got food. I mean, the coffee bar is pretty amazing. I'm there pretty with Lena. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Come have coffee. Yeah. Till cocktails. Yeah. There you go. It's a good one. <laughs> well, that's what you said on, you have on the door. <laughs> Oh, okay. I didn't come up with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much, Jackie. See you, thank you. See you around on the road or see you on the website. Bye. Right. Bye. Peace. Bye.